Part of the conversations that happen around my kitchen table. He's John Brandon, and he's been a stand-up comic for more than 30 years. She's Amanda McKinney, and she's been my daughter for her whole life. Our family believes laughter is a gift from God. We often discover it while discussing culture, faith, and family. So go ahead and pull up a chair, neighbor. Can I call you Carl? There's plenty of room here for you. Uh, welcome to the table, Carl. I was just thinking about you being my daughter for your whole life and that is true yeah you know it's not true but this is not your kitchen table this is not my kitchen table don't give away the trade it's actually Luke. nobody's kitchen table it's a dining room table true. uh you get the real inside scoop here on these episodes with luke earliest memory that i have of amanda well the actually earliest memory i have was the dot was the doctor poking you out real briefly from around the curtain where your mother where your mother's guts were laying behind right. and uh she was because <laughs> mandy was cesarean noodles. i hope i'm not i hope nobody's eating luke's eating ramen noodles right besides now. luke he just but she, this little squalling this little squalling thing poked out from behind the curtain and then they whisked her away and uh so that was it. That was the first time. So uh, the podcast did you... That was the story? Yeah. That was not a very interesting story. No. Well, now, see, now you're going to make me be afraid to talk. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is going to go somewhere, and then it didn't. So. No, that was the, that's the earliest thing. She no, said... No, because you were going to talk... To, you were going to say that you remember me standing in front of the toilet. That's what you were going to say. That's, that's not the earliest memory I, I have. know, because you started to tell that story, and then you said, the earliest memory I have, and then you stopped and said, well, the earliest memory I have, right. and then you got distracted. But you right, were going to talk I about, about lied. I said, if I'd have said the earliest memory I have is her standing in front of the toilet, that would have been like, that would have been like over a year that I just have no memory of you, you and just, that's not true. You could have just said, hey. Like you don't bring, I don't bring a child home from the hospital, and then... A year goes by before I'm aware of... Right, but you can also just restart the sentence because really it, it was basically like, well, I'm already committed. I well, already said I've already said the earliest memory. and I'm not going to... Now I have to tell <laughs> the story have, of the earliest Now memory. I have to take this sentence and do something with Even it. Even though it's not as interesting a story as the one I was going to tell, now it is what it is. I wasn't actually going to talk about you standing in front of the toilet. You were going to talk about something else because you started to say, earliest memory I have of you... And then you paused and said, well, the earliest memory, and went with that one. Instead. The earliest memory I have of you, the, the, the one that I always go back to when I think of, of you is, is I'm sitting in the hospital and I'm holding your head in my hand, and it's roughly the size of a tennis ball. And so, uh -huh. I mean, you just had this, it was a little bigger than a tennis ball. It would have been a big tennis ball, like a waterlogged tennis ball, but still. But nice and round. It was perfectly round. Yeah, mine was a football. She was cesarean, right? And you were natural childbirth, so you were all beat up. And she came out. She she looked like a like a doll, like the dolls that you buy. Those newborn baby dolls are just perfectly shaped and happy. And that's and because she, if they look like me, then girls wouldn't have babies. No one, <laughs> no one would buy them. <laughs> no one would buy newborn babies if they looked like Luke. 
They wouldn't buy dolls. You mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't. They wouldn't buy newborn baby dolls. I think yes. that's illegal. I think yeah. what you just said is illegal anyway. Even and people if you will wanted buy. a football-headed baby. Right. But we didn't come to talk about. So we. I. I'm out here dropping off the ingredients for. Uh, chocolate eclair dessert because Cammy is going to whip up a batch of chocolate eclair that I can take to a funeral on Saturday. Is that a traditional funeral dessert? Is there a I such, don't know. Is there a such thing as a traditional funeral dessert? I don't know. It's black on top because it's got that's chocolate true. on top. So anything that's black, I guess, would work at a funeral. It's a very busy week. The kids are starting school tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Then on Saturday, we're preparing... Well, Thursday I have a homeschool co-op meeting and Cammie's going to make that dessert for you because you have to turn it in on Friday. And then Saturday I'm preparing because Sunday is a Turbo, big event. Turbo gets married. I feel like dirt pudding would be a better funeral dessert. It's similar. Anyway. anyway. It is similar. Yeah. Back this, to, back this to Turbo. eclair that she's making. Mm-hmm. It's basically just a fancy dirt pudding. Dirt nap pudding. Because <laughs> it's a funeral. He called it a dirt, dirt nap. nap. Right. Yeah. I didn't hear him because he's quiet and he doesn't get close enough to the microphone. Get close I did not to... promise to be enthusiastic. No, you promised not to be enthusiastic. No. <clears throat> well, that's because we haven't gotten into the topic yet. So how big is next Sunday? He's going to come alive. And my, do- my daughter, my mother is getting married. Mm-hmm. And at my, 82. At 82. My brother and I are going to officiate. Mm-hmm. Technically, they're already married, right? Isn't well, this just no. a that, no, we're, show? There's no way to even get involved. There's no way to pick this apart, and we're not going to have an hour-long episode on what it takes to get married. There's been no priest. There's been no witnesses. There's been no pastor. There's been no officiant. That Nobody has married them yet. Oh. So, no. Okay, then. They, what she had said was that they are already committed <laughs> as far as they are concerned well, I hope so. They're about to get married. But, no. but she's like, we would just like to maybe, we think it's probably better to just have some witnesses to confirm it. But like, <laughs> as far as she's concerned, they're already married. And as far as we're concerned, they're not. So, Right. At this point, it is basically so that the great-grandchildren are not scandalized. Right, right. But also because... It doesn't count when two people all by themselves make vows to each other. That doesn't count. It's not It's not an individual thing. I know this is America, and so this scandalizes more than just great-grandchildren, but... So you remember when she said we weren't going to pick this apart? So you can't get married on a deserted island. On your own. No. Wow. Well, if you were on a deserted island, that would be a special circumstance anyway. Like, then the people would ask... What? Who would be scandalized by right. it? There how is did you get there too? To officiate, I want to know how they wound up on a desert island. Just the two of them. It's it's theoretical, John. Yeah. Right. But and she would probably have water skied. But having listened to a podcast this week, uh, recommended by our friend Justin, um, they, he was talking about. Well, the podcast people were talking about the nuclear family and how that was a mistake, based on an article by David Brooks. Of the same title. Was the nuclear family a mistake? No. Actually declarative. The nuclear family was a mistake. It was a mistake. And what they mean is... Yeah, that's disappointing. Well, what they mean is that focusing only on 
mom, dad, and children is not the way that it was designed by God for us to function and that it's very fragile and it's individualistic and thinking. And what we should be thinking more in terms of is the corporate family, a family that functions with a, with a wider reach than just individual households. A larger tribe. Right. Tribes, you know, villages, but they're made up of relatives, people who are committed more than just because they promise to get each other's mail when they go out of town. Like, you know, they function together. Which you can do. Yeah. You can pick up people's mail for them. And so with that in mind, with the, with the corporate family in mind, we're going to have a corporate family wedding ceremony on Sunday, and it'll be hosted here at my house. So we've got some, like, mowing to do and things. We and do have some week. mowing. And by we, we mean Luke. Mm-hmm. Although Colin mows now. I saw the video evidence confirming it. Yes. And it looked, I mean, it was a little hard to tell from the video, but it looked like he was doing a pretty good job. I mean, he just wasn't mowing willy-nilly all over the yard. His first time, he ran straight into a stump, (laughs) and it took me a while to repair said mower. This time went much better after he's six months older, whatever it would be, year so I just jumped the gun a little bit too early on getting him to mow. How did did he hit the stump because it was like in tall grass and hard to see, or did he just no? He just it wasn't was, sure how to. He was not properly taught by his father. So you're blaming yourself yeah. for him hitting the stump, okay? Because Luke, okay. Luke likes to kind of like I think most fathers just kind of hand over the reins and see what happens because you can't really teach. It's not that you can't. It's you just it's throw hard. kids off the pier and tell them to swim. Because it's hard to use your words to tell them what to expect or to prepare in any sort of way emotionally for for it. And so they're just like, well, why bother? And so off they go. Well, well if you have if you have the attitude that says, well, I'll just fix the mower if he hits a stump, then... But I, mean, I don't think he had that attitude. I think, no? I think he just hoped that it would all work out without that. Just, Once you learn it. That he would just be born knowing almost, how to operate a riding mower. nothing easy. It's like you could do it with your eyes closed. But if you've never done it, you forget yeah. how difficult it can be. But this yeah. time I went with him and I did a big circle. And then I had him do concentric circles inward. Right. So it's like it's, everything is a big safe area. And he did great. Eventually he was going faster and faster and faster. Yeah. And he's taking more responsibility. And by taking, I mean, I'm encouraging him to take responsibility, to look for things that he can do, whether he's at fault for the way that they are or not. He can still go into a situation and do his best to make it better and fix it. Like his room this evening when his little siblings went and destroyed it and his first sort of impulse was to be very upset and... um, and to tattle, you know, oh, they did this and they did that. And I said, well, Colin, let's just keep in mind that I said, I'm going to tell you something that will be a little hard to hear, but you've heard it before. So I'm just going to remind you that <laughs> this is an opportunity to take responsibility. Because remember, responsibility or authority flows to those who take responsibility. And so. Yeah, which is why we're going to have him officiate the wedding. Yeah. Oh, that is great news. <laughs> See, that wouldn't be, that wouldn't follow. That doesn't actually follow what I'm saying. You can't have someone else do a thing that they're taking responsibility you on. You can't shirk your responsibility. 
Right, you can't force them to do a thing that you are expecting them to, you know, take a. Well, that's on. disappointing. So, so that was good. But he does. That want was going to have free up my schedule this week. <laughs> he does want to have a room of his own that he can call something that he can call his own, a little kingdom. And I said, well, this is a chance because whoever's cleaning the room, whoever takes responsibility for cleaning up the messes in the room, is kind of the king of that little castle. It's the king of that room. And he nodded at me and turned on his heels and walked into his That's what Colin does. Colin, he just gives you a nod when he understands. Yep. Off he goes to implement the thing. To to take over. Just to establish his kingdom. But here we are. His fiefdom. Twelve and a half minutes in. Oh, wait. I have notes. See, she was about to get started. Let me go. Well, let me go get my notebook because I wrote down things today to talk about. Yeah. Do you want me to give a background or yeah, I, no? I'm. You know what? I'm not even going to try. I'm not going to try because she's going to come back and she's going to be dissatisfied with the context, with the manner with which I describe the context, no. and so I'm. I'm that just going to let her. That was no. faster than I thought. You can say whatever you want to say to prepare the. We had a. Uh, we had a guy show up on our Facebook page. He's been he's been in the periphery for a while. This is not the first time I've seen him, but he goes by the moniker of the faithiest atheist. And faithiest the faithiest faithiest. <laughs> oh yes, it's good that Luke is here too because you can explain it to Luke like he has no idea what's going on because, because he doesn't. He has no idea what's going yeah, on because I had to mute you two to get some work done today. Mm. So I'm I just going to no let idea. that go. I'm that just going to let that slide. It wasn't even today. Oh. Jokes on you. Okay. We've been talking yeah. about this so for I'm a couple of really days. Really far behind then. Right. Yeah. So he goes by the faithiest atheist, <laughs> and that's probably the last time I'm going to say it. Um, and when I first made note of him, I thought, okay, I know what's going on here. This is a guy who's basically trying to uh, play both sides against the middle. He 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 wants to be he wants to be the the quote unquote nice guy. He wants right. to be the reasonable guy on both sides. Right. The bridge builder. And we have some right. who call themselves Christians who do this, and we have some who identify as atheists who do this. I know of people in you know who would call themselves members of either camp, but they like to kind of play the middle ground. And and this guy in particular I have seen for a couple of years because I've followed um, capturing Christianity, which is Cameron Bertuzzi's Cameron Bertuzzi. page, uh, page, and I also think Libertarian Christian, or there's another one, possibly like one of the satire pages or something that that also this guy has shown up on. Well, he's been around because in the last couple of days since I have engaged with him, I have been chastised by not one but two uh, apologists. Two Christian apologists have risen up to tell me that I am not treating him with the level of respect and kindness that he deserves because they know him and he is a fine person. He's a, <laughs> he is a pleasure to know. And yeah. he basically wanted to, he, he copied something that I said off of my page and put it on his page. Um, and it was... The, oh, the, I don't know this part. Yeah, the line, my line, it was about atheists not existing. It was oh, how yeah. it was how they everybody Romans tells us that everybody has knowledge of God, and so a person who says I don't believe in God or I need the, the quote was anybody who asks for evidence, anybody who says they need evidence 
to believe in God is lying because God has already provided everybody with all the evidence that they need. And all they're doing is suppressing the truth. The, the atheist, the way it's understood, doesn't exist. That's a person who, I just, I can't believe in God until my rational questions are answered. That's a liar. And so he, he commented after he clipped out my post on his page. He goes, this is an interesting position to take. That basically shuts down the conversation before it even starts. If somebody doesn't think that I'm capable of, of answering any questions or if someone won't answer my questions because they think I'm... Uh, lying. Yeah, because they think I'm lying. You know. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not hating on John Branion. I would have pizza with the guy. I just we would just talk about other things. And it it he just, left that comment on your page too. Right. He might have posted it on his, but he copied. He and wanted to make sure I saw it and put it on and, yours too. And it torqued me because I I feel like. Uh, I feel like that it's he's being condescending, and and I I see through it. He's the faithiest atheist, and he's like, you know what? I'm I'm so open minded and kind and reasonable. I'll sit down and have pizza, even with John Branion. I mean, look at what a jerk this guy is. And this isn't what I would do, but you know what? I'd still have pizza with him. Bless his heart. And he just torqued me, and so I wrote a I wrote a. Well, Brief if it makes you feel any better, I would like to, in his defense, maybe a little bit, he actually does say stuff like that to Christians all the time, and they feel flattered. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so he wasn't, he maybe wasn't trying to honk you off or be condescending. He maybe thinks that that's basically no, I, what every Christian wants I, to hear. I'm sure that's true. I'm yeah. sure that's true. But just because he's oblivious to his level of obnoxiousness doesn't mean that that it's okay I mean, I, I, I know he's ignorant of what's going on because he's an atheist. <laughs> well, what happened, this, he, what he said, and this is a direct Atheists quote. Are not smart. He said, this is an interesting approach that sort of ends the conversation about Christianity before it can start. Mm -hmm. Hang on to that. Remember that because that's important. Ends the conversation before it can start. After all, if I'm just lying, then I guess there's no need to discuss the topic. What difference would it make if I had some thoughts? By all rights, you should have no reason to trust me. And so when I hear things such as this, I'm like, okie doke, don't get me wrong, I'm not hating on John. Right. I'd gladly hang out with him and have pizza. We'd just, you know, talk about other things. Right. And so the response that actually I made on behalf of the entire family was, we agree, there's no conversation to be had, and I'm not interested in having pizza with self-worshippers. My approach, quote-unquote, is to say what I really think, plainly enough, that people like you get mad and go away. <laughs> so there. Right, that's what she said, but but she did it on my, in, in me, so it looks like it came from me. Would you would you have said it any differently? It, oh yeah, I would have said it. I wouldn't have said it like that. Oh, you would have said it no. differently. Okay, well that's fair. Um. But down here, this is the same thread, by the well, way. Well, but then he responded that he clipped out that and said, and put that on his page. Did you know oh, that? No, no, I don't visit these people's pages. I literally do not he, even click. He put it on the, on his page and said, well, I guess pizza's out of the question, LOL. And then underneath, and I didn't comment, but underneath there, all of the atheists and everybody else was lining up to talk about how unkind and, and unchristian and mean I am. Right. So. Well, that was the same thread under which he shared... A picture of himself with Lee Strobel. Yeah. To talk about how he went to see him several times. 
By the way, I have several pictures of me with Lee Strobel, but yeah. I've never actually posted them on. Well, because it's not as interesting and cool and amazing right. and noteworthy and interesting and just so fascinating. I Christian... also have Lee Strobel's cell phone number. How do you like that? When you post a photo as a Christian with a Christian, that's boring. But when you're a really hip and amazing, interesting, friendly, and faithy kind of atheist, mm-hmm. then you can post a picture of yourself standing next to a Christian, and right. everybody thinks it's cool. And all the Neat. Christians, the Christians really like him. Just so likable. Everybody should like and heart and care react a photo like that because gosh darn it it's the best thing you're gonna see all day and that's how many christians did you copy that quote down to that's how many christians have come to uh, or many atheists have converted to christianity because christians have came into their life that was that's a different that was what he said that prompted me to where is it prompted me was to it the pizza one lose my so you mind shared, you yeah said it was you were gonna pizza have one. pizza and I by t- the way you wrote that whole thing yourself and it was just as short and clipped into the point as my comment was. you think so you think oh, my yeah. com my whole yeah i disagree okay so here's the thing where he says hey i'm famous and by the way every, i think i'm nicer than you every single comment he makes on your page he also comments on his page too. Right. So that tells you what he's trying to do. He's intentionally trying to bring others into the conversation. Right. And specifically, he's trying to bring, whether he's aware of it or not, he's trying to bring his fans in and his supporters in to to pile on me. Right. Yeah. There's no other reason to do it online. But anyway, he says, hey, I'm famous. Thank you. I don't hate you. I love religious people. I'm not a Christian, but I hang out with and engage with Christians all the time if they wish to engage about their faith. And if not, we still just talk. I've only said your initial mindset makes it difficult for you to reach atheists. And many atheists now and throughout history convert after Christians come into their lives. And that's a fact. Here is another photo. He doesn't say this, but I'm saying here's another photo of him standing, posing for the camera with a group of with Christians. the Maven people and Cameron Bartuzzi. Yeah. Um, Right, and so that's that's a bit of the background. Man, that orange smells good. Did you eat that whole thing? Did you like one? I don't want you to leave again. Do you want, do you want an orange? I don't want you to leave again. <laughs> He's gonna have a really hard time. Oh, you it smells. Doesn't it? Can you smell it? I don't like oranges. I'll go get mm. one. But mm. you, you tell Luke what you want him to know. Mm. <laughs> so, uh, the the thing that that struck me about that last comment. I don't know if you just heard the one that she just read. Okay. Where he said, many Christian, many atheists have converted when Christians have come into their life, and that's a fact. Mm-hmm. This is a guy who has spent, I don't know how many years, hanging around Christians, interacting with Christians, having his picture taken with Lee Strobel and other Christians, being friends and eating pizza with apologists. And yet he explicitly said in that comment, I am not a Christian. And so a guy like me goes, well, I don't want to waste my time having pizza with you. Right. Clear, it's, it's not that you have uh, questions about the faith. It's not that you are uncertain what this, who is this Jesus character that you're talking about? No, you think you know enough about him to tell me I'm not representing him well enough. Right. You you are so you are so in tune with how Christian culture is supposed to be that you're actually scolding me for the way I am for my mindset and my method in trying to reach 
you. That's what he said. Yeah. This you're just not effective of reaching atheists. Yeah. It's like you're not you're still an atheist. You're not a Christian. So nobody's been effective at reaching you. <laughs> that is true. He's a walking coexist sticker. Yeah. And so he's going to the the guy who is still not a follower of Jesus is going to tell me that I'm not reaching him to become a follower of Jesus. It's stupid. Right. Well, These are the people that the church would bend over backwards for. Well, right, and that's because yep. they are not the, these um, particular atheists are not the ones making death threats in your private messages. You know, we've got some of those. We've had some that show up, and they're just ludicrously violent. And well, you know, he referenced them too. He threw all them under the bus right away. It's like right. I know that you you've probably had atheists who show up who haven't been nice to you, and so and so you're right. so you lump all of us together, and it's like right, I lump you all together, but it's not because some of them are nastier than others. It's because all of you are, are god haters. Right? Yeah. Do you well, want some of this orange? People notice that there's a difference between the peop- the atheists who are militant, you know aggressive and and rough and the people who are like oh i just want to have a pizza with you so they want credit for the fact that they are the pizza sort and not the you know hateful bitter sort but what i want to make very clear is i would much 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 rather have an honest jerk tell me that he thinks i believe in fairy tales and that my children are being brainwashed i would rather have that than somebody flattering me i would rather have somebody be openly hateful than somebody condescending and offering to eat pizza with me when i know that they're emotionally manipulative like that's way more of a red flag so point number one on this paper that i decided to write down i i hoped that by making a list of points it would it would make me less inclined to interrupt so as, as we talk about other things, it's okay because we can keep coming back to this thing that I wanted to say. But point point number one. You can talk as long as you want. I'm eating an orange. I brought you two. Did you notice? I did. I can't figure out which kind Luke had. There was a bigger one and a smaller one. Now. I guess I didn't realize that you didn't like oranges. That I, is super can, weird. She likes canned mandarin oranges. I like oranges. mandarin oranges when they're, very, when they're in syrup. Yeah. They're not, they're too, eh, I don't know. Anyway, I don't like oranges. But. Yeah. Point number one Man. that I wrote is, quote, kind, intelligent, friendly non-believers are even more dangerous than militant jerks. And this is especially true when that's part of their brand. So when they are making a, an identity out of their niceness and their friendliness, and they love to collect the trophies of Christians declaring that it is so. You are actually a very nice guy. A pleasure to know. If that's what I their brand is. I love hanging out with you. Red flags all over the place. I mean, just, I, I need Christians to understand this. Um, because. Ellen DeGeneres was super nice. Everybody liked Ellen. Um, on the surface, now there's allegations that she was mean behind the scenes. Well, right, but that was her brand. Her brand was that she was super nice. But what happens is. Um, people like my sister Tabby end up being um, for being put in an even more vulnerable situation when they're taught that it's our duty and we actually owe niceness, quote right. unquote. You have to be respectful. Quotes. You you right. must behave in a certain way 
if you are treated nicely. Right. This one just like, bad. Look at this one. That's why I brought two because I knew there was one that was older than. Yeah, don't eat that. Yeah, that's like garbage. I just unwrapped garbage. <laughs> it's been a week or two since those were bought. Right. I the first, didn't know the first one was good. The first one was good. Don't feel bad. Okay. I don't want either of you to feel bad about this. I know this is really an illustration. Yeah. Okay. Tell okay. us. Is it an illustration? Well, because they both looked perfectly good. One was just a little bit smaller, but. Oh, one of them was it's like a, completely it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor for our concept. They both look like legitimate oranges, but one of them was an atheist. <laughs> a shriveled up. One of them, one of those oranges was a godless piece of. Okay. Okay. All right. So I I want to tell the story about Tabby being taken advantage of in college as briefly as we can, but. Um, because point number two that I wrote was we often teach Christians that we owe it to non-believers to reward this so-called friendliness as a smart business move. Absolutely. Because you catch more flies with honey. Uh, so, I was literally told that by one of the apologists. Right. More You catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. And it's like, dude, if you're out there baiting traps for atheists using honey, you're manipulative. You're a, sales, right. you're a salesman, and that makes you dangerous too. But... More importantly, it makes people like my sister think that they're being a bad Christian when they go to college and they stand up for themselves against this guy who everybody thinks is perfectly friendly and nice. And all of Tabby's girlfriends were like, well, what's the big deal? He, like, everybody on campus likes him. He's yeah, going he's into nice ministry. He's, you know, he's got a heart for the Lord. How do we know? Because he says all the time that he's got a heart a heart for the Lord and he loves people and he just wants to be friends. And probably got a picture of himself with Lee Strobel somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> right. And like everybody thought he was nice. And she's like, well, what's my problem? I must be kind of a jerk because I I can't even spend three hours listening to this guy tell me that, you know, he just wants to be my friend. But right. at the same time, if I'm interested in maybe considering d dating him at some point, then that would be okay too. Or if it's a, in the case of an atheist, of a non-believer, the, the church person feels this pressure. And we're using Tabby as an example. There's a pressure that, oh my gosh, if he... If I don't treat him nicely and gently, then he's he might never come to know the Lord. That right. would be, and that would be my fault be because fault. I would be misrepresenting right. the Savior. So, keep in mind, we teach people Christians that they owe a certain amount of um, respect to somebody just for not giving them death threats in the you know in the private messages. It's it's a it's it's an exchange. It's it's a it's an unwritten. Uh, transaction where right. if I if I behave nicely if I say this to you or if invite you if I invite you out to pizza now you have to accept right. that invitation or or turn it down you know politely and nicely and you better have a darn good reason for turning it down because now you are obligated to interact with me on some social level because right. you, you have to bring me to Jesus you have to let me let me just um, personify or, or uh, role play this guy, this guy that Tabby was tangled up with. She was already, keep in mind, dating her now husband, and the guy knew it. Joseph and he Farkas. would tell her he knew it too. Like, I know that, that you're already with Joe, and I totally respect that. And I wouldn't want to do totally. anything to compromise your relationship with him. No. You know, I just want to be friends. What's the matter? Can't a guy be friends with you without you taking it too far? And then they'd go and they'd have, you know, coffee or something. The answer is no and to that question. They'd go and have coffee and this guy would say, then he'd say, well, how do you know that that's the guy that God wants you to be with? And then it's not somebody like me. Like I mean, me, I'm just for asking example. the question. Just a guy like me. I don't mean to put you on the spot or, you know, make you uncomfortable. I'm just saying, like, that's the kind of question a person should be able to ask, right? right? We're just friends. We can ask 
questions. Right. That kind of thing. It's like it's no different from asking you, "What do you think that cloud looks like?" <laughs> it's just a, it's the same thing. That's friendly, it's like just an innocent question. And then she would get weirded out, and after a while, she would start to back off, and he'd go, "What are you doing?" I thought what are you we were ghosting friends. me for. Why are you doing this? I thought you're leading me on. I mean, you told me we were friends, and now all of a sudden you don't even want to call anymore, and you don't want to talk to me, and you won't answer my texts, and you're trying to, you know, you're trying to get right. away. What's the deal? I thought you were a Christian. Right. Everybody says that you're a good Christian. What's this about? Right. That explain yourself. That Christian. kind of thing. And then, I mean, it's a long story that we won't go into all Thank the details goodness. of. But but then, as Tabby reminded us during the effort party last Sunday. The final installment, after like a year and a half of, of having to eventually block his number and like, you know, get him completely out of contact, she she runs into him and he has a friend give her this note, this letter that he wrote apologizing for all of this behavior. I can totally understand why you were freaked out. I'm just so sorry. I just want you to know I'll never date anyone else again. If it can't be you. I'll never marry, was what she right. said. I'll never right. get married. I'll never get married if it can't be you. Because it can't you. be you. I totally understand why you're creeped out. And and I'm sorry if I if I made you uncomfortable. Right. But I'm never going to marry anyone because uh, of right. you. Right. Or, or eat. I'm not going to eat. <laughs> <laughs> or breathe. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving up. I'm not going to shower. I just want you to know I'm giving up joy. <laughs> or or Forever. smile. Yeah, I'm not going to do anything ever again. I will never feel the warmth of the sun on my face again. <laughs> but have a nice life. You know what? Yeah. I was just I'm thinking, sorry if you felt uncomfortable. I was just about thinking it. how ironic it is that these this all these characters showed up this week, the same week that you made an announcement that Christians, women, still need to be kind because it's a fruit of the Spirit. Even if they dislike a person, it's so <laughs> ironic because that, that is was ironic. that was the post that came up earlier this week, and everybody was like, "Well, what about abusers? What about right. stalkers?" And the fact right. is, in most situations, you're not talking to some creep like that on that right. level. And right. so, when a feminist is like, "Well, I get to be gruff and abusive and rude and just a jerk. I get to be a jerk because you started it." That's still wrong, right? Well, it's it's kind of the opposite of what the faithiest is doing. It's like. It's like intentionally, it's like being intentionally nasty right. for no trying to make real yourself reason. repulsive, right? As a protection or a defense. well, it, 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 but it, in a way, it's 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 this twisted idea that if I if I am rude and impolite to guys who quote creep me out, good for me. I mean, right. that's that's a thing that I'll be applauded for because I'm standing right. up for myself. And it's like, no, you're just you're just being icky. You're just you're just being mean <laughs> just for being no unlikable. reason. And we right. recognize it's possible to do that. It's possible to just be unlikable for is. no reason. However, it is very important to me, it's a mission near and dear to my heart, that I teach people like Tabby how to recognize a red flag and just speak truth to it. Just speak truth to that power, as it were, you know? And and don't wonder if, if the church is not going to have your back because they're going to agree with the abuser that you're just not being very nice. Because it doesn't matter at the end of the day as long as what you're saying is true it, it's not about setting a trap. It's not about using your personality to catch the flies that are on your college campus. It's, it's not up to you to make sure this boy makes it to heaven or gets married someday and right. sees happiness again. You know, right. it's, not your, it's not your responsibility. It's your job to just tell him very plainly, there is no chance we're ever going to get together. Ever. There's no chance because she allowed him to make her doubt. She, she allowed him to make her question 
whether she might actually be violating God's rules or God's laws somehow by not giving him a chance. And so then, in a way, she was sort of leading him on or allowing herself to be led on by him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you can't do that. You have to be firm. And firmness is not the same as... Um, it's not hatred and hatred, it's not yeah. unkind. Right. Firmness and assertiveness is not unkind. Right. And Telling that's the truth what... with confidence is different from being rude. Yep. Just saying... You are behaving in a creepy manner right now. Well, I don't trust you. <laughs> what What is unkind is actually layering on uh, a compliment before you unload on me about my manners and my methods. Like when I I I am so sensitive to this now that when I see an email or a message that starts with. I'm a big fan of your comedy. It's like, here, here it, comes. it comes. It's the compliment sandwich. <laughs> here it comes. Every American salesperson has learned how to do this. I've learned. I know how to do that. I'm not even a salesman. But yeah, it's it's like you give them something positive, and then you put a little criticism in the middle, and you end with positive. And it's like, do you think I don't know what's going on? <laughs> Apparently, do you, a lot do you, of people do don't. You, do, you, <laughs> do you think that I am not hip to this? Hey, I'm a big fan of your comedy, especially the Three Little Pigs. What that tells me is you that's probably the only thing he's ever seen. <laughs> yep. Especially the Three Little Pigs. I know for a fact that if he'd spent any time listening to this podcast or reading my blogs or even hanging out on the Facebook page for more than 10 minutes, he would know how I'm going to respond to the comment that he made because he's not the first one to do it. You mean, you mean he would know that you're going to read that and go, Oh my gosh, what a what a dear. Yeah. What a sweetie. He yeah. is just so, so nice. So nice. Thank you so much. <laughs> you are going right to the top of my atheist friend. Thank you so much. Do you want to get a picture? <laughs> well, here's the thing I was thinking about the other day. Thinking about this when this was all going down. I thought Oh, this, I I know how this is going to sound. This is so this is going to be so unpleasant. <laughs> It is. It's going to be so unpleasant to hear. But the fact that you like my comedy is not really a, it's not really a compliment that I take personally because comedy, my philosophy of comedy and laughter is that it is a gift from God. And so if you enjoy it, the glory goes to God, right? The glory, all the credit and everything goes to God. And Honestly, in my heart of hearts, I think, well, of course you like it. It's good. It's from God. <laughs> and so so the fact that the fact that you're coming to me and telling me, "Oh, I'm such a fan." To, I'm not going to melt down into a puddle and and I'm not going to compliment you because you complimented me. That doesn't make any sense. It's like it's like telling me, "Oh, I just love chocolate ice cream." Well, it's like, "Well, of course you do. It's good." So what? Um, well, what they're doing, though, is they're telling you what you would need to do in order to successfully flatter them. Sure, I know they're that. They're telling you that whenever they get told, you have beautiful eyes, they immediately take personal credit for it. You have such a lovely it, singing voice. And their, and their ego goes 
up to the sky. Like you, they're telling you that whenever somebody, yeah, tells them you're so talented, they immediately say thank you, not because they're recognizing that it's a, you know a kindness on the on behalf of the other person, right, because they're taking credit yes, for it. Yeah, because they actually are proud of themselves. Right, and that's why they're flattering me because right. it would work on them, and they would go, oh, I'm going to tell him that I like his comedy, and then he's going to appreciate me. He might even thank me for telling him that, right. and and. I, I like will, to be thanked. And I will not. <laughs> I will I will not. Right. Um, I I am not impressed when people tell me, oh, I'm such a fan. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because we were talking about this almost from the other direction. I was talking about when women are posting pictures of themselves, they're maybe, maybe unflattering pictures of themselves. Like this was me at a very uncomfortable weight. This is me when I had been sick for several weeks or, you know, whatever. And I used this to- This is me when I couldn't find a tissue I used to and feel I sneezed very down insecure. into my lap. I used to think I looked terrible and, you know, but now I realize it was society's beauty standards that were telling me that I wasn't worthy. And so please, I'm oh, going to share is this recent. photo. Oh, this is You just tacked this on. No, no, no. This is, this is something that I've been thinking about for okay. weeks. Okay. Ever since the lady from last week was sharing pictures of AI-generated selfies. They aren't even um, real selfies, but she was like, hey, look yeah. at this picture that a robot made that could have been based on some other pictures of me. <laughs> and everybody's like, gorgeous. And she was like, look thank at this. you. Look at this. <laughs> <laughs> that was Luke. What? Didn't Luke find that? No, no it was Luke, me. Luke found the... Yes. Yeah, I know where you're going to go. What was your AI thing that you it sent us? It was the Bible verses. Go ahead. Go ahead. Tell uh, them. Oh, yeah. It was like somebody asked the, G- the AI. Jesus words. Yeah. Yeah. They asked AI to write scripture for a trans per accepting of a trans people, I think it was. Right. And G- it was and Jesus, what would Jesus write Jesus say. words if he was pro-trans, if he was, if he was encouraging or accepting trans people? And there were thousands and thousands of people saying how beautiful, beautiful it was and right. this summarizes beautiful. the whole bible right. and it, yeah this summarizes the whole bible well it's it's it is a sh- it's shocking how grown up people still believe in cartoons you know it's it's shocking to me how how gullible christians are yeah or or anybody they don't necessarily have to just be christians well but yeah here's here's a picture of a person who doesn't exist but I'm going to say that it's me. And I'm like, oh. And then they're like, yeah, that's just gorgeous. Oh, lovely, gorgeous. Right, right. It's like, I feel the same way about Elvis impersonators. I think I've talked about this before. <laughs> I, I don't understand them. Here I don't understand a person who wants to be known for imitating another person. I don't get it. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Is it know. possible that they just want to make a little money to feed their families? Well, that's possible. <laughs> like, is that okay? That's possible. I would I rather guess. somebody want to get known for having somebody else's name, like kind of like voiceover people, you know, or they, they're not really famous for their own name. They're not famous for, for who they are. Or their right. own identity is not right. a brand versus being a TikTok influencer where like every time you make a statement at all, you have to have a picture of yourself in the bathroom at the same time, like, you know, right. the mirror. Like, I guess I just don't understand celebrity. Anyway, anyway what I was ever, going to say no is, is so. what's the problem is that we've got all of these women who on the one hand, they're saying we shouldn't be getting our self-esteem 
you know, we shouldn't let our self-esteem take a hit just because people say negative things about us online. Our culture may not be very body positive, but we can still be body positive. And, you know, don't worry about the haters. Don't listen to the haters. But it doesn't work like that if you then turn around and look to people online who are strangers to tell you how gorgeous your AI selfies look. Right. Or to tell you that you have this great singing voice or that your comedy is just really funny. Or Don't listen to people. Don't listen to strangers when they tell you bad things. Only listen to them when they tell you good things. Only listen when they blow sunshine up your skirt. (laughs) Right. And and people don't like that. Only accept positive from strangers. They don't like that in order to be immune to the criticism, you also have to give up having people flatter you. You have to let go of their their positive statements too because you cannot be moved by the opinions of strangers whether quote positive or quote negative that and and that's really it that's a succinct way of saying it and so the reason that because people will ask me how do you how do you deal with it you know all of the all of the hatred that you get all of the negative criticism all of the people that say so many mean things how do you deal with it and it's like because i don't care about them i don't care about their opinions but but the flip side of that is absolutely i actually i actually don't care about your compliments either i I feel the same way when somebody calls up and goes you are the greatest comedian i've ever seen and and i appreciate that they that they like it i'm not i'm not calling them liars but but some of them are some of them are (laughs) some of them are but not all of them. Not some of them, them are some of them are genuinely they're just giddy they're just that, right. that the, and they really like what what has been created by and gifted to them right. by God through me. Well, and some of them really are good at finding the positive things in others. Yes. They've, they've become really good at it over the years. They find a shirt that they think is a is a pretty shirt, and they'll go and tell the woman immediately, or they'll right. you know right, and that's fine. That it, it it really is fine. But I'm saying for me. For me, I just don't. I, it it just doesn't work. Flattery, even if, even if it's sincere, it just doesn't work. Right. I I don't. I I that's, don't care. That's the price that you pay for saying I am going to find my affirmation in Christ. Right. That's the price you pay. Is well now, my mood doesn't get lifted every time I go on online and I have you know an approval from those followers or every time I get a standing ovation in a theater. Right. The price you pay is, you know, you have to give up, I guess. You give up that little serotonin hit that people seem to get on social media. But on the flip side, it also doesn't bother you at all when somebody gives us a private message and is like, listen, I want you to really reconsider the way that you've been handling these atheists lately because what you don't understand is that they don't like it when you do it that way. And you might not be able to convince them to become followers of yours if you don't, if you continue in this vein. Well. I had a guy. I had a preacher tell me that I was making his job harder a few years ago. You remember that? It's like maybe you should get a different job instead You're of being an atheist customer service. Making our jobs harder. <laughs> You're making the ministry harder. Just, it's like I'm sure just that I am. Your badge and stop trying to fulfill the role of God's PR manager, and it'll be a lot less stressful for you. Well, there's a somebody posted the scripture about uh, being all things to all people. I've become all things to all people that I might win some. Right. And that's not really what we're talking about here. We're not. We're not talking about. Um, we're we're not talking about sincerely trying to connect with the other person's 
point of view or or trying to see trying to empathize with another person that's not what the faithiest is doing no you need to understand properly what his position is you need to do a better job and i said this to you on telegram today i i said this is silly that we have so many christians who are still treating these american atheists like we're flying to another planet, right, meeting right. A, a tribe that doesn't know who Jesus is. Tell me is. more of this, Jesus. I am intrigued. Yes, it's, that's not it. We don't live in an unchurched culture. We live in a post-church culture. Big difference. Yeah. I dare you to find me an atheist who's never stepped foot in church. Dare you. A lot of them are proud of how many times they've read the Bible. Yes. yes. That is a huge difference. Exactly right. Well, the, the Christians, I've put it to my brother. We had dinner yes, or lunch yesterday, and I said to him, we, we live in a culture now where the non-believers, they're not coming to church anymore with questions about religion. They're coming to church now because they know more and they think they know Jesus better than we do. So now they're coming to lecture As us. missionaries. <laughs> they're coming into the church. The non-believers are coming into the church to lecture us about religion. Some they're they're trying to yeah. set us straight about Jesus. Yep. And, and you that's need to the know culture. The difference. You need to know the difference. Are you dealing with a newborn baby who has never, ever heard a word spoken to him or her before? Or are you dealing with a rebellious teenager? Big difference. Or even or even a rebellious toddler, because kids start getting rebellious before you're really ready for it. And that that's actually point number three. Before they can talk. By the way, we're we're gonna go we're over. We're way over. Yeah. Remember cut- you said we had to do three hours tonight. Well we have to because But look how mad Luke is. Look, I've look, I've got four <laughs> points. Okay, well hurry up. So we're on three of four. This will be three of four, yeah. See, that's pretty good. Are you okay, Luke? I'm good. Okay. He's you want very- another orange? <laughs> He's very enthusiastic, just like he <laughs> promised he wouldn't be. This is point three. I always like having I have Luke to at make parenting connections, Luke. It's what I do. It's the whole reason oh. I'm on this podcast. <laughs> so here's the parenting connection. And I this is especially for the apologists or those evangelists who think they're out there doing the Lord's work because they're having pizza with the faithiest atheist. This is for you. And no, I'm not going to name you because I learned this week you really want to be named. You and it's like an being idol famous, so we so, are not saying a word sorry. about who, who you are. You know who you are, but you're not getting pre, free promo for And us. you should probably put on some steel-toed shoes. Well, this is just my parenting observations. I don't know what you think it's going to be. But moms often feel mean when they take control of a situation. And so they con- they come to a conclusion like, I can't enforce bedtime when the baby just wants to cuddle. That that seems uh, mean. I know what you're going to say. What kind of mom would say no to cuddling a sweet child who's asking for a hug? How could you possibly? Or a child who's afraid or upset. But they're saying that they're afraid or upset. They're right. saying, but but more importantly, cuddling. What's wrong with cuddling? Like kisses, affection. When is it ever wrong to cuddle? When is it ever wrong to cuddle? But that mom's kindness, and I put kindness in ear quotes, is actually a weakness, and it's a fear of her own. The smart child, if it's a smart child, will take advantage of that by demanding more and more and more, quote, cuddles. Mm -hmm. And that's what we have here with some atheists, many of them, have become addicted to the cuddles from Christians. From Christian apologists. From from pizza with with Christians, to getting pictures taken. Look. I, get, I went and had coffee with this Christian. Even though I'm not a Christian, I don't mind hanging out with him. Cuddle, 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 cuddle. Mm-hmm. You know, here's a hug and a kiss for a Christian. And I a love picture. religious people. 
I just, I love my mommy. I just want to have cuddles with her at bedtime. Mm-hmm. But what happens... I don't respect her when she tells me right? to go to bed. <laughs> what happens is that child takes over. They they become, they, they get in control of the family. And then, um, taking it back to the atheist realm again, there is no incentive for them to become a Christian. Why would they ever want to convert? Why would they ever want to grow up and become one of the adults? Then they have to put up with snot-nosed atheists. Right. Then they have to go and be the one giving the cuddles every time a kid cries. They have to be the one like Tabby, who has these endless text conversations and phone conversations that she can't get out of because she's going to be accused of being mean if she does. Right. And so that's... That's the dichotomy we have here. As a mother who has had to counsel many, many women on how to be more firm and in charge and give tough love to their own beautiful, sweet, cuddly children, Mm -hmm. I am telling this apologist, there's a couple of them, both of whom have made it very clear that they think our methods are mean. We are My message to them is, you're just plain wrong, brother. You're just wrong. This, This strategy that you're taking where you try to pour on the syrup is enabling bad behavior from bratty children. Well, everybody everybody with a halfway rational mind knows that, that one extreme is clearly wrong. Like, and, and usually what happens when people come at me is they're like, oh, so what are you saying? That we should just kick atheists in the, in the <laughs> face when we see them? That we should just try to swerve at them with our car? Or right. we should hate them? And it's like, no, that's not at all what I said. Right. And clearly, if you take it to the extreme, if you take well, my revulsion from atheists to the extreme, then everybody's going to go, yeah, that's clearly not well, what right. What they ask is, for mothers, what they ask is, what are you saying? That as soon as the baby is an hour old, you leave them in a closet for eight hours and right. you don't go help them when they're right. Just lock them in a car and never look right. in on them. Is that what you're saying? Right. It's like, right. No, that would be wrong. I think we can all agree on that. But when it comes to niceness, when it comes to cuddles and the soft and and the, and, and coddling, there seems to be no limit in the other direction. Right. right? Any amount of kindness, any, any extreme amounts of love and tenderness and patience is justifiable. Right. You, you cannot be too nice it's just more honey in your fly trap am right. I right there's there's no limit to the amount of niceness that is acceptable right in uh and and that's that's wrong right. i mean there's there's no <laughs> way if, if 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 you if there's a limit to how nasty you can be then there has to be a limit to how nice you can be before you're sinning it's just as wrong to be too nice to someone as it is to be too mean to them. Right. Well, it's enabling. The, the words I have to use for the mothers are, you are killing your child with kindness. You are enabling bad behavior. You are creating a monster. No, you may be thinking you're doing this because you love your child, but no one else in the future will ever be able to love them because they're insufferable. And that's what's becoming of the faithiest atheist. I mean, there are lots of people who may pretend like they like him because they have to, because they feel mean if they say no to all of his hugs and kisses. But, but like, eventually you're, you're going to resent a guy like that. Right. If eventually you're, honest, you're going you're gonna to finally admit if you're, well, maybe not. If you're a, a complete coward, then you're going to, uh, then you're never going to admit it. But, but deep down, yeah, you don't want to spend time around somebody. Right. 
I've had to have conversations with moms before where they're like, am I even allowed to say that I don't want to be near my child? And it's like, it's like of yeah. course you are. <laughs> of course. <laughs> what, what took you so long? Especially if you're willing to admit that you've played a part in what in them getting to this point. See, that that's, you're the one who is responsible for encouraging this awful behavior. And that well, and that's why that's why people get annoyed with me, is because I just admit it. Before we ever have pizza, I, right. I just I before we be even go out and sit down <laughs> together, it's like no, I don't want to. I don't want to hang out with you. This, you're you're an icky person. This is well, you point haven't number even, four. That's what he said. You haven't even you haven't even gotten to know me. You're just assuming the worst in, in a group of people before you even get to know. It's like well, you're assuming that I don't know your group, and I actually do. I know. Well, actually, I know you. Actually, every time he comments, including saying you don't even know me, that just confirms everything that I expected somebody like that to say. Right. But a uh, question or point number four is actually really just a question. Oh, it's a question. Right. This is for you, Luke. This is it. This is the last one. Well, it's, it, it could be for both of you, but it is directed at you, Dad. No. Oh. Honest question, John. Would you turn down a chance to speak to Ricky Gervais? <laughs> Would you go in guns blazing like this? Would you really speak to Ricky Gervais this way? John, come on. Where'd you get that question, Pete? I know good Christians would obviously have pizza with Ricky Gervais. Would you have pizza with Ricky Gervais, Luke? I think he's funny, yeah. <laughs> Luke would. Absolutely. Luke would have pizza with him, you bet. I wouldn't cuddle, but I'd have pizza. <laughs> so what would you say if religion came up in a conversation with Ricky Gervais? Would you say, I just want you to know how much God loves you, man. He's crazy about you. Just, just Love loves you. Man. I don't imagine the conversation would would be sappy. It would be fairly sparry, but and then I'd win him over, and he'd go to heaven. That a boy. Probably. Uh. That's that's great that he said that. That was a great answer. It's great that he said that because that's you can tell what a guy daydreams about, what he fantasizes about when he asks questions like this. And I guarantee you, the guy who posed this question believes that he would convert Ricky. Oh, absolutely! Because yeah. he said it. He yep. said, "I would. I'd, go, I'd, I'd have go pizza have with pizza. him in a heartbeat." And I'm like, oh, "I'll bet you would." And you get your picture taken with him too. <laughs> You'd put it. You would count Ricky as a feather in your cap before he even declared that he was a Christian. Well, that's it. That's what they all do. They, they the the guy. One of those apologists was super proud of the fact because the atheist is he's actually closer to deist. He's not an atheist. He's actually closer to a deist. And it's like, yeah. Well, whoopie do. I mean, he's still. Congratulations. Deists aren't going to make it either. So. Oh um, gosh. So is that a no? Would I have pizza with Ricky Gervais? I, my answer to this question was different than your initial re answer to this question. My my answer to that question is, uh, it would depend on, it would depend on how we're having pizza. It, would I would I ask Ricky Gervais to go and have pizza with me so I could share the gospel with him? No, not in a million years. If if he and I ended up in the same green room somewhere and there was pizza being served, you wouldn't leave. I wouldn't leave. Yeah. I I might even sit next to him and uh, and strike up a conversation. So I wouldn't I wouldn't shut him out or right. or or be rude to him. Um, but no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't seek an opportunity to evangelize Ricky Gervais. And I was thinking about that on the way over here. Two different people 
more than more than that. But recently, two different people have told me, well, when a person's after you've approached a person, and if they're not interested in the gospel, at that point, you shake the dust off of your sandals and, and walk away. Right. It's like thing number one: these apologists never shake the dust off their sandals. Mm-hmm. They never do. Mm-hmm. They just keep going and going and going, and every time there's an it's opportunity not- to have pizza, they go, "Well, maybe this will be the time that he finally right. sees them." Right. Kind of, so that's thing number one. And thing number two is that they were told if the person won't receive the gospel, if they won't receive what you're telling them, then you shake the dust off of your sandals and go someplace else. I would submit that anybody who has an atheist in their title, anybody who has an, has the word atheist in their profile. You can already shake the dust off of your sandals before you even speak to them. Right. That's what I was thinking. In this post-church society, I think the only hope for these people is if God gives them the gift of hitting rock bottom. Yeah. Humility. That's, right. that's, that's what you can pray for these people. It's right. like, I hope that you are on your back in a gutter and God is all you could think he of. He has actually prayed pig that. Pods. Yeah. yeah. Dad has actually put a post like that on social media before. I pray that you're humbled. Which I is pray the exact you opposite of eating pizza and, right. and taking right. pictures with these fools. I have said, I've, recently I said, I hope that your billboards fail. I hope it costs you a lot of money mm-hmm. and you wind up in serious financial straits and uh, maybe lose your house. I, I've said, I hope all of that happens. Because I hope it leads that to you crying out to God for mercy, right. And, right. and then you will find it, and then it will be the best thing that ever happened to you. Being I got misunderstood gutter. for that post. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I'm glad to hear both of you saying those things, because that was my initial reaction. What? It, my initial reaction to the Ricky Gervais question is, well, this is not the first time that he has met a right. Christian, this is not because when the original comment was, I, I would not eat pizza with Ricky Gervais because I wanted to share the gospel with him. I would not do that. And so. and the Bible doesn't say that each and every Christian on the planet needs to take a turn sharing the gospel with the person before no. we can shake the dust off of our. No, feet. that's what I'm saying, and, and that's why I'm saying that the the apologists are not being consistent. They're like, well, then you have to shake the dust off at some point. Sorry, right? You never shake the dust off, and a person has already declared that they're not interested in your message when they have labeled themselves an atheist. It's like there's no reason to talk to them. There's no reason to eat pizza with a person who's already decided. So They're not interested. It's like it's like somebody asking me, would you cuddle your child before bedtime? It's like, that's a really stupid question. And I'll tell you why. Because it depends. It right. depends on what time it is. It depends on how many times I've already told them that it's bedtime. It depends on the fact that Ricky Gervais is not some isolated tribe member on a planet that's never heard the gospel before. He has had more than five minutes of time because somebody else said it takes more than five minutes to, to play out the gospel it it's like yes dude and you have definitely nothing. wasted more than five minutes worth of words on this guy it's right. america in 2023 everybody has the bible everybody has podcasts that outline basic theology everybody has heard of everybody's seen clips creation of reveals god's invisible qualities and divine nature well, it was ricky gervais wasn't it who was on a late night show with a catholic host who's Probably. that guy who's like is it colbert who's a catholic or something like yeah, that? yeah 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 stephen colbert wasn't it him who was talking yeah. to ricky gervais okay yeah. you have video proof that stephen colbert has spent more than five minutes trying to to do whatever he could with ricky gervais who are you to think you're gonna waltz in there with your pepperoni and and do a better job like they have tremendous faith in their niceness it, they do and it's become an idol a lot of faith and that's also what i tell mothers when they're struggling to be authoritative with their own children they're letting 
letting those kids wear the pants in the household. I'm like, you are sinning because you are putting your own personality and your own skill as a loving mother above God's provision and what he says is our job in scripture. Our job is to speak truth. Our job is to disciple our kids. Our job is to be their authority because children are supposed to obey their parents. And you have to trust that he knew what he was doing when he said that stuff. You need to trust that he knows better than whatever mommy expert you're reading on the social medias that says if your baby cries for more than two minutes, they'll get stressed and then they'll hate you for the rest of their lives. Their lives. They'll never feel same. love for you. The same with the atheists too. They say the same thing. Well, they may never come to church again. It's like, good, good. If they don't come back to church, it'll be a lot quieter at bedtime, won't it? <laughs> but that's not true. That's uh, not how that works. Well, yeah, we're, we're a little over. Hey, but join us next week, Carl, <laughs> for another episode of Pizza with Ricky Gervais. Do you want to? Do you want to appear on the on the Apologist podcast? Do you think that we should go? <laughs> yes. If there's any apologists out there that want to come and talk and have me come on your podcast, so you can scold me about being not nice, uh, send me an email and. Uh, or call. Call the peaches. <laughs> Tell us how many years we're supposed to let our child decide his own bedtime before we can finally be in charge. Call, call Mandy at the 800 number and tell her, tell her that I'm not doing ministry right. Thanks for visiting The Comedian's House. If you want to spend more time with our family, you can follow John Branion on YouTube and Facebook. Also email nextdoor at johnbranion.com with your comments and questions. We'll see you next time.